Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie. Lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. This is the Sports Rivals with Ernie and Monty. This is the show we've been waiting for for months. Our first ever NFL mock draft. So to be clear, this is what we're going to do. Ernie and I will be drafting through the entire first round as if we were the general manager of each team. So it would be who we would pick if we were the Jags, the Jets, etc, etc, etc. So it's not who we think is going to be taken. It's who we think should be taken based on that. So, Ernie, are you excited, as excited as I am for this show? Yes, yes. And I'm glad you made that clarification because what we would pick and what we think would pick are entirely two different scenarios. Exactly. I mean, you can study what you think is going to happen and you hear all these different prognostications of who's going to go where. But to keep it simple, Ernie, you're the GM of the Jags and we'll go from there. So, Mm -hmm. let's get... This draft started. We'll start with Ernie. It's pretty easy, though. The first pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars, where are you going? That's a hard one. (laughs) 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 All joking aside, I mean, it would be be the shock of... It would be news media-wide shock if Trevor Lawrence isn't taken number one. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence is is not taken number one. I mean... The Clemson product is highly regarded as, you know, a generational type of quarterback. You know, he checks all the boxes, uh, terrific arm, terrific accuracy. The, I, I think the only uh, downside to him is pros- possibly his weight. You know, he, he can easily put that on. But uh, he yeah, he's is, got a big frame. He's got a frame that can put on. Yeah, but, but, other, but other than that, I, I, I can't see. I can't see anybody moving. Yeah, up. neither can I. I mean, it, it's the only reason Urban Meyer came out of retirement is because he knew he was going to have Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback to kind of build around. So I think it's pretty an easy first pick. Um, although he did raise some eyebrows this week with some comments from Dad saying how you know if he walked away from football he'd be okay. Very similar mindset to say Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. which got some people a little bit concerned. That, and but he's so confident in himself. He's mm-hmm. like, I know what I am. I know how hard I work. Mm-hmm. I believe in myself. So the Jaguars are going to get a generational talent, and then we'll go from there. Now we have the New York Jets. So before we get to the pick, which is this one is, I think, pretty obvious as well. What was funny, Ernie, is when we're going through and you list their, the primary need of different teams, and then you go to the Jets. Right. And there's the longest list of any other team. Their primary need is virtually every position. So that was, <laughs> I found that to be pretty amusing. Um, but I'm thinking Zach Wilson, they got rid of Sam Darnold last week. Zach Wilson is who I would take, uh, start building around the BYU, uh, quarterback. He seems to have that flair. He seems to have the personality to handle New York. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, I just, again, like we talked about last week, I feel a little bit bad for Zach Wilson in that he's going to start off with a team again that doesn't have a whole lot around him. But I think this is going to be a three to five year build around Zach Wilson. But I think he's the pick. I, I agree with you on that pick. And, you know, uh, I think it fits that uh, that Jets team, the way he plays. I mean, he's 
he scrambles. I mean, I, some of his best throws are when he's done in the pocket. You know, I mean, he has all those intangibles where, you know, basically you see nothing. He's, you know, we all see nothing. He finds something. I mean, that's, that's the great thing about him. I mean, I, I think you open up when you see the tape on, on, on Zach. I mean, it, it's incredible the things that he finds. Uh, I, I saw a stat out there that a, a, a good percent of, percentage of his passes are 20 yards or more. I mean, and during clutch time. Yeah. So uh, if he can bring that to the NFL level and he can adjust to the speed, boy, the Jets, got, the, the Jets finally got something. You know, if it wasn't the Jets... I would be so much more confident for him. But I hope he does well. He's got a cannon for an arm. He looks the part. You know, he's got right. that. He looks like an NFL superstar quarterback. Um, I hope for the Jets' sake and for the NFL's sake that it pans out for him. So we both agree, pretty easy. First pick, Trevor Lawrence. Not quite as obvious with the second pick, but it seems to be the consensus out there that the Jets love Zach Wilson. Number three at San Francisco is where we may have different opinions. Ernie, where would you go if you're the 49ers? Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll have different feelings, uh, different picks here, if you're sticking with uh, who you kind of mentioned uh, a week ago. I know you really like Justin Fields, and I can, I can see why. I can see why. The guy has incredible talent, played for a big-time school. You know, his winning percentage, supposed leadership is out there. But for me, it's going to be Trey Lance, North Dakota State. I mean, he just... He reminds me of, and I'm choosing my words here slightly, but he reminds me of a Patrick Mahomes. Not that he is a Patrick Mahomes, but he's got the athleticism, the arm, and the intangibles. If this guy played for a big-time school, he'd be, I, I think he'd be the only quarterback, you know, other than Trevor Lawrence, you know, to to go for that number one to go for that number one spot. He's got that type of talent. Yeah, I think he's the biggest enigma in the draft because there is a lot of unknown. Right. I mean, he does look again. He has the physical frame. He has the talent. He has the arm. He has some speed, um, but he hasn't really played anyone. So that's that's the only issue is can that talent translate? Because even like in Patrick Mahomes, although he wasn't a superstar. In college, per se, every game was still against top-level competition. Right. You know, so he was pushed every single game. Um, Trey Lance, I think he's going to be a success. Um, but for me, it's a little bit of an unknown. I'm going to stick with Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. um, I believe Justin Fields is going to be a star. I, I, I really do. If he can stay healthy. I did a lot of, of homework on him this week again. Um, because the 49ers are going Mac Jones, and they still may go Mac Jones. Everything is pointing in that direction. Um, but with Justin Fields, I think what makes him different from, from, say, other quarterbacks in the past at Ohio State, including your Steeler quarterback, um, is what they were pointing out is Justin Fields is different is that he has the ability to read the field. You know, they, they call, they have a percentage in, in terms of a ranking of quarterbacks as they go through their progressional reads and being able to hit the right person, uh, it's called a, pro a productivity index. And in the past, you know, the um, Dwayne Haskins, even as good as he was, he ranked 55 out of 110 in that category in his best year before he got drafted. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Fields last year 
and this year ranked number one in the nation both years in his ability to produce down the field. So being able to pick out through progressions and hit people down the field. Dwayne Haskins was more hype, throw a five-yard slam, a five-yard slam, and have them run the distance. Right. Justin Fields, the offense evolved under the new coach, and they're throwing more down the field. So I think he's far more NFL ready, um, and I just think he has a chip on his shoulder now. I believe he's going to be a star. I hope I'm wrong mm -hmm. because I don't want the 49ers <laughs> to have Justin Fields. I don't. Uh, I hope they go with the Mac Jones. Um, I believe Justin Fields is a much better prospect, so I would go Justin Fields there at three. I have no problem with Trey Lance as well. Right. I think either of them is probably the better option than Mac Jones. Right. Especially, what I like about your Trey Lance pick is that, you, again, you still have Garoppolo. Exactly. So you can put him on the bench for a year. Exactly. Let Garoppolo play until he gets hurt exactly. and, and get Trey Lance ready. And so that, I think that makes sense because you have a fallback option. And that is that is part of the reason why I believe the 40... I mean, you mentioned all the good things about Justin Fields. You know, I'll mention some of the bad things. I think his work ethic isn't, isn't up there. You know, he can change that. You know, he might be motivated to do that. But right now... I don't think he has that, you know. Justin Fields checks that box, you know, and they have time. Again, they, they, they have Garoppolo. And I, be, I, I believe that the floor on Lance is higher than the floor on Fields. Now, Fields may have the higher upside based upon his, you know, based upon his measurables. But when you're going to give up the, the amount of assets that San Francisco put in, you know, you want to make sure that, hey, this better not be a bust. Right. And I don't think there's anyone of the three that is uh, a can't miss. I mean, I really think only Trevor Lawrence. So any of the other four, including Zach Wilson, could mm -hmm. be busts. Mm -hmm. um, but it would be very surprising if Trevor Lawrence was. So um, I get it. Trey Lance for you. I don't have a problem with that. I go Justin Fields, the fourth pick in the draft. This is where it gets really, really interesting. Um, where are you going? Are you, are you anticipating a trade here? I am anticipating a trade. Uh, you know, for our sake and purpose, uh, I'm going to put Atlanta taking Kyle Pitts, the amazing tight end out of, my, uh, out of Florida. You know, Kyle Pitts is a red zone monster. Okay, so I, and I really think he is going to give Ryan a whole set of weapons. I mean, you got, uh, he is just, I mean, his wingspan alone, let alone his athletic ability, just puts him out there. There are very few defensive back safeties that can basically challenge him in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think that if I were the Falcons, unless I'm overwhelmed with a trade, um, again, last week we alluded to what I would do. I would keep the pick and I would trade Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to assume, I'm going to assume that they're not trading the pick. And right now the Falcons are sitting there. And if I'm sitting there at number four and I'm going to keep Matt Ryan, then I'm going to give him the ultimate weapon. And I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. I agree with you. Julio Jones on one side, Calvin Ridley on the other side, and now Kyle Pitts in the middle of the field. That would be a scary, scary offense. Yeah, look for, look for Ryan, Matt Ryan to re, have a resurgence in his career if that should happen. But, I, I, you know, we talked about this off the air. I, I believe there's going to be a move that's going to be to be made, you know. I mean, with Trey Lance, 
and with Justin Fields, one of those guys aren't going to be picked. I mean, that's that's four quarterbacks. You, you know, you, you you have Denver out there at uh, you know that may want to trade up. Uh, Chicago, Washington, they're a little later in in the draft. They're going to have to give up huge, yeah. huge that, amounts. That's the thing. I mean, I think at number four, the only real realistic option to me is Denver going from nine to four mm-hmm. because to go from 15, 19 or 20 where the Patriots, Redskins, uh, Washington football team and the Bears are sitting, that's going to take a large amount of draft capital to get up to number four. Right. So but we both agree Kyle Pitts is the pick if they stay put. Um, number five, I think we also agree. Uh, we're going to protect Joel Burrow. We're going to take Penny exactly. School offensive tackle from the University of Oregon, this monster. My understanding is because they did sign um, a tackle last year. They draft well, two years ago they drafted Jonah Williams from from Alabama, who was hurt the first year. He played well last year. Then they signed Washington. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings tackle. I'm drawing a blank on his name in the off season. So the plan right now is to slide Penny Sewell inside at guard for a year and then move him back out to left tackle. But Joe Burrow is the future, and you have to protect him. His ACL, ACL got torn this year. He was sacked almost 50 times before that. You have to protect the franchise. Penny Sewell is the pick there. Exactly. I mean, Burrow, you know, even though he, uh, the wins and losses uh, you know, weren't there in the games that he played, he showed why he was picked number one. I mean, that, he is a franchise quarterback. He has so much poise. Poise confidence, swagger, and his teammates pick up on that swagger. They believe in him, and that is such an important trait. Exactly, but he can't do anything if he's sitting in the training room, so you have to protect them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we saw that in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, you have, you know, God's gift to the quarterback human race in Patrick Mahomes that was just obliterated the entire day. So I agree. I think Penny Sewell is the pick there. Now we go to the Miami Dolphins at number six. Um... I think they get lucky because I do think that the, the Bengals are going to go with an offensive tackle, leaving Jamar Chase mm-hmm. available for the Miami Dolphins. So I would pounce on Jamar Chase. I think he is going to be an absolute stud. I think he's better than last year's first-round pick, Justin Jefferson, who set all kinds of records this year with over 1,400 yards for the Minnesota Vikings. Jamar Chase is a better prospect. He's got size. He's got hands. He's got speed. Um, you put him on one side, Devontae Parker on one side, and Will Fuller stretching the field. Now you got something brewing there for Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami, Miami Dolphins. Exactly. Well, I can see Tua uh, actually lobbying for his uh, former teammate in Devontae Smith. But, you know, Jamar Chase just has that prototypical wide receiver uh, body. Uh, if, if Devontae had maybe about 15 more pounds on top of him, I, I, I would. You know, but he's, I think he's going to find out soon enough that uh, the NFL, bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people equate or compare Devontae Smith, and again, I love the kid, to a Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marvin Harrison had a Hall of Fame career as a small wide receiver. Here's my problem. That was 20 years ago. It's a different game right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. Uh I don't think Devontae Smith lasts 10 years, you know, at his current frame. And I don't know if he has the frame that can put on, say, 10 to 15 pounds. Um, I don't see him being an every down, 
you know, effective wide receiver for 10 years. As much as I, I love the kid and I think he has tremendous ability, I think he's more of a specialist mm. um, that they're going to have to be real careful with. So I think Jamar Chase is the pick there. I think Tua will be very happy with him. You've got three stud wide receivers. Uh, you've got a young offensive line, and we can start building around Tua. Yeah, that's incredible. We have five of the, five of the six the same. That's, that's not like – that's not – Normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, at the top, I think at the top of the draft, I, I mean, I think you have, you know, the core group of studs that are usually available. Um, and this year just kind of lined up and made sense. Really, the only difference is who do you prefer, Fields or Lance, at this point. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that we differed on. As we go to number seven, and now we've got the Detroit Lions. And, you know, this could be where we start to differ and we start to have... Uh, Differences of opinions. Where do you think the Detroit Lions go with this pick? Yeah, and that's why I kind of uh, wanted to transition the way I transitioned on top of that. I am taking Patrick Sertain at uh, cornerback uh, out of Alabama. I believe that that is something that Detroit, and this is this is with a caveat that if if uh, they are not. They are not high on. If Denver doesn't think that uh, what, either Trey Lance or Justin Fields will be picked at uh, four, that I think Detroit might be that that trade option for Denver. But if Detroit sticks with it, I you know Certain is the best cornerback. I mean, you 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 have options. Uh, you have options out there with. Caleb Farley, but Caleb Farley got hurt, you know, with his back issues. Patrick Sertain is the best cornerback in the draft, and I believe that that, that would fit their system well. I think I think Patrick Sertain is the best in the draft, cornerback uh, uh, in the draft, but I think Detroit has to, has to restock the wide receiver position. They lost all three wide receivers. Galladay went to the Giants. Marvin Jones went to the Jags. Um... You know, they have no wide receivers left. So I think they have to go and get a wide receiver. So the choice becomes Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. Which of the Alabama wide receivers fits there? Um, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. You know, again, I have my questions about him mm -hmm. being able to last in the long run. And whereas I take Jamar Chase over Devontae Smith, I do take Devontae Smith over Jalen Waddle. Um, so I would draft Devontae Smith, give Jared Goff a weapon, um, because right now the cupboard's bare. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have DeAndre Swift. They have some running backs now, but no wide receivers. They gotta, they gotta get something to allow you know Jared Goff to have some semblance of success. So I go Jared Goff. You go Patrick Sertain. That takes us to number eight with the Carolina Panthers. They got their quarterback in Sam Darnold. Um, now they've got Darnold and they've got Bridgewater. Where do you see them going with the eighth pick? They could go in many different directions. They could, but I, I believe for the same reasons that you protect. Uh, your quarterback with uh, the Cincinnati pick, they go with the second best offensive lineman in Rashawn Slater. I agree. I, I have them taking a tackle as well. Um, again, if you're going to make the trade for a quarterback, you have Christian McCaffrey, who's your best talent, most talented player. So again, strengthening the offensive line gives your quarterback an opportunity to get better, mm -hmm. gives your best player an opportunity to, to you know, have some productivity. So I think Rashad Slater there from Northwestern is a great pick at number eight. I think the top two tackles are now off the board at, at number eight. Right. Which leads us to number nine. And that the Denver Broncos at this point in time are kind of sitting pretty. You know, we expect that they may trade up to get the quarterback of their choice. But based on how we've drafted, 
you now have at number nine either Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones available. So at sitting at number nine, they can choose their quarterback. So for me, um, based on that, based on the fact that I have Justin Fields going at number three, at number nine, I'm going to take Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. And I have the, the Denver Broncos taking Trey Lance there at number nine. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you have to you have to go there. I think the the difference between uh, Trey Lance and I think the difference between basically the difference between Trey Lance and Mac Jones is uh, a far a far gap. Uh, Trey Lance is like I said. That's why I'm picking him number three. For him to fall to Denver at your pick, I mean, to me, that's an obvious choice. Although, I don't think that's the way the draft is going to uh, play out. Alright, so we had our difference there. You've got Trey Lance to the 49ers. I've got Justin Fields going to the 49ers, much to my chagrin. And that leads us to the most, probably the most exciting part of the draft. What happens with the Falcons pick? I would assume that the Falcons are going to stay put. I expect that you've got a trade here. So I'm going to go first and say the Falcons stay put and they take Kyle Pitts. What are you doing with the fourth pick? I have Denver moving up. I mean, they're in a position at number nine, but I got a feeling they're going to feel the pressure coming from Chicago, Washington. Who knows? Who knows what other team uh, thinks this, uh, uh, their quarterback of the future is, you know, in that top five. So I have Denver moving up to the number four and picking up Justin Fields. Okay. I mean, so that's good. So you have, again, you have the first four picks being quarterbacks mm -hmm. because you are building in trades. I do agree that a trade is possible here, probable here. Um, so I think your scenario is probably right. I'm going to not pick trades for this one. So I'm going to say Kyle Pitts, but I, let, I love the Denver pick. I think they have to upgrade at quarterback. We mm -hmm. talked about this last week. Uh, their coach has to win this year. So they, they're not going to win with Drew Locke. Mm -hmm. I think they would be better off trading for, for uh, Matt Ryan and having a proven quarterback. But under this scenario, they're trading up to four. They're taking their quarterback of the future in Justin Fields for you. Exactly. And their offense is pretty much set. All they're missing is that quarterback piece. Yep, I, I agree. And so that takes us to Joe Burrow's team, the Bengals. He was a dynamite first-round pick until he got hurt. So with the fifth pick, I'm investing in him. I'm taking offensive tackle, mammoth offensive tackle, Penny Sewell from Oregon. I agree. You have to protect that franchise quarterback. When he, was, when he was playing last year, you saw the promise in him. You saw the poise. But he got hurt. And that really hurt the Bengals. I see a lot of people who have been saying, you know, they should reunite Jamar Chase and, and Joe Burrow there. Um... I think Todd McShay had that in his in his selection last week. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. I think you have the franchise quarterback protected. Right. His ACL was torn already last year, and it wasn't just a, an ordinary tear. It was a pretty bad situation with his knee. Not only the ACL, but many of the other ligaments as well. Mm -hmm. You have to protect the franchise. You drafted Jonah Williams two years ago. He did well last year. You signed the tackle from the Miami Vikings uh, in this free agent class just now. Now you draft Sewell, you move him inside for a year, then you move him back outside. You solidify that line, give Joe Burrow some time and let him develop. Yeah, and that's an interesting take from going from tackle to guard. But, you know, do what it takes, do what it takes, but he is that extraordinary talent that can do it. Yeah, he's going to be uh, probably a future pro bowler for many years to come. So Miami Dolphins at number six. 
So you still got Kyle Pitts on the table because you have the uh, the Broncos trading up and taking Justin Fields at four, where I had the Falcons taking mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts at four. So he's off the table. So I'm going Jamar Chase here to the Dol- to the Dolphins because Kyle Pitts is off the table. Where are you going, Pitts or Chase to the Dolphins? I'm picking Pitts. Pitts is like for all the reasons you took him at number four. I'm picking him at. Number six. I mean, he is that big target that you want in the red zone. His wingspan is incredible. There are very few, if any, uh, cornerbacks or safeties that can guard him. I, I mean, they have Ganeki. Okay, he's in what he's in his last year of contract. He's he's caught over a hundred balls in the last two okay, years, yeah. a couple of years. I mean, he's a solid tight end. Solid, but he's no Kyle Pitts. He is not. And yeah. imagine what Kyle Pitts can do with uh, with Tua throwing in that ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I hope this scenario pans out. I hope your scenario pans out and Kyle Pitts is there for Tua. But if he has to settle for Jamar Chase, I use that word loosely, settle for Jamar Chase. I think this guy is a stud. I think he's a future pro bowler. I think he's a better prospect than Justin Jefferson, who went last year to the uh, Minnesota Vikings, set all kinds of records as a rookie wide receiver with over 1,400 yards for the Vikings. Jamar Chase is a better prospect. 6'1", 4'3", speed, big hands, runs great routes, strong. Um, Either way, Tua is going to have an amazing weapon added to that Dolphin lineup. Whether it be Pitts for you, which I hope happens, or if he has to settle for Jamar Chase. Exactly. Now we go to number seven and the Detroit Lions. Oh, those Detroit Lions and my Jared Goff. (laughs) I got to get Jared Goff help, you know, and so I'm going with one of the Alabama wide receivers, Devontae Smith, who's slight, or Jalen Waddell. I like uh, Devontae Smith. I don't. I like Jamar Chase better than Devontae Smith, but I like Devontae Smith over Jalen Waddle. I think he has the shiftiness to get open. Mm-hmm. The question is, does he have the body, does he have the frame to put on some weight mm-hmm. to be able to survive in this NFL? You saw what happened when he played in the championship game. He dominated Ohio State for the first half. He won the MVP of the national championship game without playing in the second half because he had over 200 yards. So he's impossible to guard, but when they hit him, it broke his hand and he was out of the game in the second half. Exactly. And that's what I'm afraid of. Can he take a hit? He's been compared to Marvin Harrison for all week. I've been hearing that comp. You know, Marvin Harrison had a Hall of Fame career, but Marvin Harrison played in a time where people weren't 6'2", 250 at the linebacker spot or 6'1", 230, running a 4'3", at the safety spot. So I hope Devontae Smith can stay healthy because he's a hell of a kid and a great player. Detroit takes Devontae Smith and gives Jared Goff a weapon. That's scary because Jared Goff will be throwing Devontae Smith the ball. <laughs> Devontae Smith is an incredible talent, and I can see why you're picking him there. Okay, I mean, his talent is after the catch. I mean, extraordinary, but you got to put that ball in the right place. If Goff can't do it, I see... For the reasons that you've mentioned, that he gets hurt, you know, and for for you to pick up that extraordinary talent at number seven with him being in the in the training room all day, oh, it's hard. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I'm taking where you put Jamar at uh, at in in the Miami camp. I have Jamar Chase going to the Detroit Pistons. Bigger body, not that they're uh, there's where where uh, you have him off. I'm pretty sure. If, he was off. You'd put him there too. Yeah. But I have him. I have. I. I still have him on my board. He's available. 
the Detroit Lions take Jamar Chase? Well, I think, you know, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions would be ecstatic if Jamar Chase dropped to number seven. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the beauty of your trade takes place. You've traded Denver from nine to four to take another quarterback, a fourth quarterback in a row, which is kind of pushing everybody back a slot, right. which allowed the Dolphins in your scenario to get Kyle Pitts and is allowing Detroit in your scenario to get Jamar Chase. So I think they're going to be really happy and rooting and encouraging the Broncos to jump over to number four <laughs> so these picks slide. So I've got Devontae Smith. You've got Jamar Chase. We agree that he's got to have a wide receiver to throw to. Now we're at number eight with the Carolina Panthers who just acquired their quarterback of the future Darnold. and Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. Where do you think they go with this eighth pick? You you protect Darnold. Darnold was not protected in, in New York and look what happened. That guy is a talent. He is a talent, trust me. I think, I, I really believe the Carolina Panthers got a steal in picking up Darnold. I mean, you have, you, you, you have the running backs there, you have, a, uh, you have uh, the wide receivers there. You just got to protect, protect Arnold. And for that reason, I'm going with the second best offensive lineman in the draft. I have them taking Rashawn Slater. I agree. I mean, I think you have your best player right now is Christian McCaffrey. He was banged up last year. You've now invested some future draft capital in Sam Darnold. You have some good, uh, talented wide receivers. You got to protect. You got to protect Sam Darnold and you got to create uh, some space for Christian McCaffrey. So I agree. I think Slater's the pick at number eight. So now we go to number nine. I'll go first because you've got a, the, your trade scenario in there. Mm -hmm. At number nine, I think the board has dropped favorably now for the Denver Broncos. They sat in place, did not have to trade anyone, and are still going to get Trey Lance at number nine. Lance drops to number nine. Broncos are ecstatic. They jump. They rush to the podium to pick Trey Lance there at number nine. Now you have the trade, so you have the Falcons sliding into this spot. Right. Who do the Falcons take at number nine? Well, Falcons have, have a number of needs on the, on the defense. Defensive line, cornerback. I believe they pick now the defensive line class in this, in this draft isn't very deep. I have them taking a cornerback in that case. I'm picking the best cornerback out there. Patrick Sertain from Alabama. I agree. I think he is the best quarterback cornerback in, in this class. And I think it's a, it's a weird... I don't remember the last draft like this. I think we alluded to that, you know, right. last week, where there's no defensive lineman. I mean, there's no Chase Young. Mm -hmm. The year before that, Nick Bosa was the number one pick. Right. Then you have Quinnen Williams. You have Joey Bosa. Mm -hmm. you, you've always had stud Miles Garrett, stud defensive lineman at the top of the draft. None of that in this draft. So... I agree, Patrick Sertain is, is the best cornerback, so I, I, I think that uh, picking that for Atlanta there is a smart move. I've got the Broncos holding Pat, getting Trey Lance, ecstatic for that, for them. Uh, you've got Patrick Sertain, which brings us to the Dallas Cowboys at number 10. Where did the Cowboys go with this pick? They need help at cornerback. With Patrick Sertain off of the board, they, I believe they're going to reach or they're going to trade. Let's stick with the uh, let's stick with the scenario that they're gonna stay put. If they stay put, I have them taking J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. Exactly. Okay, and, and I am too in the in the boat where I think they're gonna go with a cornerback. I think Dallas really wants Kyle Pitts. I don't think they have the capital or the stomach to go up to get Kyle Pitts. But at number 10, I could easily see them trading back because 
there hasn't started the run on cornerbacks yet. Mm -hmm. So they could drop back to 15 and have the Patriots come up and still get a quality cornerback. But we're going to assume that they're going to stay put, and I'm taking Patrick Sertain, quarterback of Alabama. For the same reasons that you had him going to the Falcons at 9, he's the number one quarterback on the board. Patrick Sertain to the Cowboys at 10. If he's available for the, to the Cowboys at 10, uh, they, they will not trade back. Now, if it, my scenario works out, I believe Dallas and Sertain goes one pick early to the Atlanta Falcons. I believe Dallas will trade back. To trade back. But it's going to get too complicated. Yeah. So. yeah. So that leads us to number 11. Their rival, the New York Giants. I think they go defense. Right. And I believe the best overall defensive player in this draft is Michael Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. And I think he would fit perfectly into the Giants right now. I think their defensive line has gotten stronger with the acquisition of Leonard Williams. They've invested in their in their back end uh, at safety and at cornerback. I think now they need to invest in that linebacker spot, Michael Parsons to the Giants at number 11. I will have to agree with you on top of that. Uh, another fast linebacker out there, you know, uh, in the in the mold of the Devons who were picked last year in Devin White and Devin Bush. You know, you have now Micah Parsons out there, you know. And at where Dallas is gonna be picked, I mean where uh he's being picked right now, I believe you got a steal on top of that. Yeah. He he is definitely gonna be a difference maker. I think so too. Uh, he opted out this year. I think he's gonna make a big difference for the Giants, and I think that Giants team in general, they invested in Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph on the offense. Um, and now they draft Michael Parsons on defense, and they could be creeping up there in the NFC East. So now we've got another NFC East. It's like the NFC East section of the draft. The <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles picking at number 12. They could go in many different directions. How do you see them taking or shaking out at number 12? Philadelphia, I believe they need to shore up their wide receiving core. You know, so we'll go with the best available wide receiver out there, at least on my board, they're going to pick up Devontae Smith. Okay, and I, and I totally see that, and I totally agree. I already had Devontae Smith going a little bit earlier mm -hmm. in the draft, so I have Jalen Waddle there, the other Alabama wide receiver slotting in there, reuniting a little bit uh, with Jalen Hurts, who's the, the quarterback now for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. I think they've lost Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they've lost, you know, most of their wide receivers are either out by injury or left by free agency. I think you got to get them a weapon. Jalen Waddle is a, is a playmaker if he can stay healthy. He's an absolute playmaker. He's been compared to Tyreek Hill. Not sure he's that good, um, but if he comes close, that's a good pick for the Eagles at 12. Right, and if you can combine uh, Devontae Smith and Waddle, you come up with Deshaun Jackson, Philadelphia's yeah. very good Who wide receiver. Who was dominant for the exactly. first few years exactly. and then has been really handicapped for the last few years, right. which is what my concern is with Devontae Smith. My bigger concern on the Deshaun Jackson is that the Rams gave him $4.5 million <laughs> to come play for us this year. Um, number 13, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. For me, it's the same scenario with some of the other teams like the Bengals. I believe you found your quarterback of the future. He had an unbelievable rookie year in Justin Herbert. I believe you got to protect him. I go offensive tackle. Uh, Christian Darasaw, the highest re remaining offensive tackle on the board from Virginia Tech. Wow. I that's 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 a good one. On top of that, I'm gonna go with the other Christian, Christian Barrymore, defensive line. I believe that uh, 
you know, they need to put more pressure out there. I, and he is a massive, he is a massive tackle uh, out of Alabama. He played well in the championship game. He played in the SEC. I believe that that's where the 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 LA Chargers go. So uh, you, you really believe in your your SEC teams. Uh, I think that for me, I think that's pre pretty early, a little too early for for Barmore. But he is a stud defensive tackle. Um, so I, I get that. I mean, they, they want to plug that middle of that line. Um, so getting that big body in there, I think, helps. I just think right now it's do anything you can to protect Justin Herbert. I go offensive tackle. You go defensive tackle mm -hmm. for the Los Angeles Chargers, which takes us to the number 14 pick, the Minnesota Vikings. I think they need offensive line help. I've got them taking guard Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I, have, I agree with you on the offensive line need. I go Christian Derisal for okay. the for the reasons you spoke of earlier. Okay, and and I think they would be happy with either of them. I mean, mm -hmm. they lost some pieces to that offensive line. They really need to protect Kirk Cousins. They've invested in Cousins. They have awesome wide receivers. They've got one of the best uh, you know backs in Dalvin Cook. Mm -hmm. um, the offense is ready. You just need to improve the line. They've lost some linemen, um, and that's a key there. Uh, Derisal or Tucker are going to be great picks for the Vikings there at 14. Mm -hmm. That leads us to the Patriots. What do you have the Patriots doing with the 15th pick? I have the Patriots stopping the slide of one Mac Jones. I agree. And if the Patriots can sit at 15 and get Mac Jones, they are going to be ecstatic. I mean, they really are. And again, guys, this is Ernie and I running the draft, picking who we would pick. I don't think Mac Jones gets the 15. I think if the Patriots want him, they're, they're going to have to trade up. <clears throat> I think five quarterbacks go in the top nine picks. Mm -hmm. But under this scenario, based on our picks, both of us have Mac Jones sliding to the Patriots. They're doing cartwheels in Foxborough, being able to pick up Mac Jones, who I believe fits perfectly into a Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels system. Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, if you're Bill Belichick... You are wanting Mac Jones, you know. So all this, all all that smoke screen that was created at number three with San Francisco is all for naught. At least in our opinion. Yep. <laughs> the Patriots get their man. They do, uh, and that would be a great pick for them. Which leads us now to the Arizona Cardinals at sixteen. I have them going cornerback again, trying to replace Patrick Peterson, who signed with the Vikings. I have what I believe is the next best cornerback. Uh, I've got Caleb Farley. I know he had some injury problems. Mm -hmm. I just believe in him a little bit more than J.C. Horn at this point. I got, I got Farley going to to the Arizona Cardinals at sixteen. Well, Farley would be a terrific pickup, and if his that back if that back issue is not is not an issue, that's a steal for Farley. I believe Farley would uh, press a lot of people, press certain for being that top cornerback out there. I mean, he he is that talented. For me, I have a feeling that Arizona they only have five draft picks. For in 2021, I believe they're going to trade out of that position. But for the time being, I'm going to go with the best available wide receiver. I believe they need wide. They could sharp on the wide receiver side. The best re wide receiver I have on my board will be Jalen Waddle. Well, if they can get Jalen Waddle, and they already have Christian Kirk, they already have DeAndre Hopkins, um, and and Larry Fitzgerald still may come back, and they signed AJ Green. I mean, that is wide receiver overload. A lot of old though, a lot of injuries. Um, so I get that. I mean, if Jalen Waddle were to slip there, 
Oh man, that's just another person the Rams are gonna have to contend with. Yeah, now Jalen Waddle would be a steal at sixteen yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and, and Jalen Waddle can be that uh, that uh, specialist, the return specialist. You know, yeah, he sure can. He has that. He has that type of moves, that type of speed. So now we've got the Las Vegas Raiders, and and they've lost most of their offensive line. But at this point, with the run on some of the tackles and and Vera Tucker already being gone. They also have a strong needed linebacker. They were scoring this year, but they really couldn't stop anyone. I've got them taking the second quarter, uh, second linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu, um, from the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mm, interesting over there. Interesting. For the Las Vegas Raiders, this is going to be a reach uh, in somewhat perspective, but I believe it, uh, the Raiders have not surprised us in regards to who they pick. Draft after draft after draft, they're going to surprise us. Uh, they like physical specimens. And for that reason, I'm having them pick Quiddy Page, the defensive lineman out of Michigan. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that because they do need edge help. Uh, you know, Clennon Farrell, who was the number four pick for them two years ago out of Clemson, has not really panned out yet. So I could definitely see them going edge. And, and Quiddy Page is the highest ranked edge uh, person in, in some people's eyes. So I, I get that. So I go linebacker, you go edge. That leads us to Miami's second pick in the draft. Um, what do the Dolphins do here, Ernie? Boy, the drop the the Dolphins, I believe, they got their they got their protection for Tua. I mean and how much they wanna surround Tua with talent is up for debate. They have a ton of assets out there. I believe that they're going to go defense with this pick. This is going to be kind of a stretch, but I believe they're going to go for, in my opinion, if he didn't get hurt, the best defensive lineman out there, Miami's Jalen Phillips. Yeah, Jalen Phillips is a stud. We covered him last year. I'm a huge Miami Hurricane fan. Jalen Phillips, if he can stay healthy, is going to be a difference maker in the NFL. Mm -hmm. um, so I get that. I still believe invest more in Tua. Last year, you drafted three offensive linemen, so those guys are going to develop. You've drafted Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, depending on my draft or your draft, so you've shored up his receivers. I go running back. I take Najee Harris, his teammate at Alabama, mm. and this is the reason why I like Najee Harris. He is a well-rounded back, and the one thing that I like that he has is the ability to block for the quarterback. He can pick up the blitz. He can be a receiver. He's a power back in the mode of Derrick Henry to some extent, but he's a much better blocker than most running backs coming out. So I think you solidify the running back spot, the wide receiver spot. You already have the number five ranked defense. You can invest in the defense in the second round. You have two more picks in the second round for the Dolphins. I go Najee Harris, running back, Alabama, joining his teammate. Interesting, interesting. That leads us to the Washington football team at number 19. Um, they, they have, you know, some needs. I think they reinforced their defensive backfield. J.C. Horn, in my eyes, has slid to this 19 spot. That'd be a great pick if the Washington football team mm -hmm. can get J.C. Horn here at 19. That's where I go with my uh, 19th pick. Yeah, I agree with you on the slide and them picking up value at that pick. J.C. Horn would be a terrific pickup for uh, the Washington football team. I have them going for a reach just because I believe that that's what Washington does, you know. Uh, although this reach, in my opinion, is 
has has credibility. I mean, I, I believe they're going to go with offensive line on, on this pick. Uh, and they're going to take Washington's uh, Alex Leatherwood. He is a big tackle, very experienced, uh, and he is a tested guy. Well, you mean Alabama's Alex uh, Leatherwood. I'm sorry, Alex, yeah, yeah Alabama. Uh, well, Alex Leatherwood had played tackle in college, now projected to be a guard in the in the NFL, and and I and I get that probably a little bit earlier than most people think, but he was you know if he had come out last year he was a projected top ten pick, mm -hmm. so coming back this year hurt him in draft stock, although he did win a national championship, which is the ultimate goal. So you've got offensive tackle there or offensive guard in Leatherwood's case, a versatile uh, offensive lineman. I've got J.C. Horn. Which brings us to number 20 with the Chicago Bears. I talked about him last week. I love this kid from Florida, wide receiver. Kadarius Tony is my pick for the Chicago Bears. Wow. That is... Uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen Tony go in the latter parts of the first round, more projected on the second. But, you know, that, I, I've seen his tape. He's an exciting player. Very exciting. I, think, I just think that you have Allen Robinson on one side... You know, now you put Tony on the other side with the speed. You've got some running back. Um, again, the problem is Andy Dalton. But you know what? Maybe you invest in Tony this year. Next year, you get the top pick in the draft because the Bears are going to struggle this year. Mm -hmm. And then you invest there. So I've got Tony. Who are you taking for the Bears? I have the Bears actually. I have a feeling that the Bears are going to try their best to try to move up. I mean, you know, they're, they're stuck in limbo where they are. I think they're going to be a perennial in their, you know, if they don't make any drastic moves, they're going to be a perennial uh, 15 to 20 pick uh, for the next several years. With that being said, where they're picking right now, I have them picking, uh, just based upon lineage, Asante Samuel Jr. Cornerback. Cornerback. Okay. Um, you have a run on cornerbacks. I mean, you like your cornerbacks, and you've got many of them going here in the first round. I can't argue with that, which leads us to the Indianapolis Colts. Again, another good situation. I, I think this is a team that is poised, possibly, if the coach, Frank White, can turn Carson Wentz around to be a Super Bowl caliber team. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I think that they're missing, they've got the running back, Jonathan Taylor was lights out. They've got their wide receivers. They've got tight ends. They've got Quentin Nelson, the best offensive guard in the league. But their offensive tackle, Anthony Costanzo, retired. Mm -hmm. They need to replace him. So I have them taking... Offensive tackle um, Tevin Jenkins from uh -huh. Oklahoma State. I think they replaced their left tackle there, um, and they solidify that line for Carson Wentz, and they take the next step towards the Super Bowl. Yep, I have. I that's a good pick. I have him as the next best available offensive tackle. If that's what they need, uh, you know, I can't argue with that pick. I have them going in a different direction. I believe they're going to be going based upon defense. I believe this guy is a stud. He is. He's basically, uh, he's 6'3", 240. I'm talking about Georgia's Aziz Ojulari. Yeah, edge rusher. Uh, he can get real pressure on the quarterback. Um, very, very fast on the outside. Mm -hmm. you know, so I can see that. I mean, you have Darius Leonard in the middle. You have, um, you have uh, Hawaii's Buckner in the, in the middle there <laughs> as a defensive tackle. Right. Now you get an edge rusher because uh, Houston is a free agent for them, may mm -hmm. not be back, you know, so he would slide right into Houston's role. Mm -hmm. So I can see that. Uh, I go offensive tackle, you go edge rusher, not a problem. Tennessee Titans are picking in the 22nd slot, they're next. I've got them taking a cornerback. They cut Malcolm Butner, um, they let go of 
their other cornerbacks, so they have no cornerbacks yet. Greg Newsom, the second Northwestern cornerback, I have going to Tennessee Titans at 22. Hmm, that's interesting considering they, they, got, they got A.J. Brown on top of there. But, you know, receiver is that, uh, that, that prime position. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? For me, I have them taking on the, for the 22nd pick, following your, your, uh, your, your train of thought over there, I have them taking Tennessee wide receiver Elijah Moore. So, so you're going to have them going with another, because A.J. Brown came from Mississippi, and now Elijah Moore came from Mississippi, two similar type of wide receivers. So you have them replacing Corey Davis mm -hmm. with Elijah Moore. I have them going with a cornerback in, in Newsom. Either way, I could see that. You know, I've seen them taking a wide receiver. I've seen them taking defense. Um, it's a matter of who do you think is the best available player. I think Newsom at this point is probably better value than Moore. Now we've got the Jets. And this is interesting. Because we talked about it at two. They need everything. They need everything. So you really can't go wrong. So you truly can take the best available player at this slot. Right. Who is that for you? For me, it... The best available on my board is Tevin Jenkins. So I believe that I believe that's that's basically where they're gonna be going on top of this pick. Okay, again, investing in the offensive line. You took two offensive linemen last year. You have that monster Beckham from Louisville on one side. Tevin Jenkins can go on the other side, play the right tackle spot. Uh, I have no problem with that. I mean, I think you have to invest in Zach Wilson. Right. For me, at that slot, I'm gonna go with who I believe has the highest upside in this draft, Gregory Rousseau, edge rusher from Miami. Mm. 6'6", 260. We talked about this last week. 15 and a half sacks. Second to Chase Young in his red shirt freshman season. Opted out this year. I think he'll come in and he'll be able to put that edge rush for the New York Jets there. High risk, high reward. But I think in their case, worth the risk. Not a surprise considering you're a Miami fan. Yep. And now, drum roll... With the 24th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select... Travis Etienne. Okay. You know, I know a lot of people have been looking at Najee Harris as, as if Pittsburgh were to go to the running back spot. Uh, typical Najee Harris being that prototypical Steeler type of running back. But the offensive coordinator who was just promoted in Matt Canada, Etienne fits his type of mold in regards to offense well you mentioned that last week and and with i i still would take Najee harris if you were available but i have him going to the dolphins you have him available and you're still taking travis Etienne. i agree i have the steelers taking travis Etienne as well they have to shore up that running back position mm -hmm. they lost james connor snell is not gonna it hasn't been reliable is not the answer there if they can get travis Etienne, he is a somebody who can be very very effective in the in the running game in the passing game and returning kicks if they want to put them back there as well. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very excited to see how Canada uses this guy in the offense. Okay. We both agree, Travis Etienne there. Now we're down to our last seven picks. Jacksonville Jaguars picking on behalf of my Los Angeles Rams there in the 25th slot. <laughs> Who do you have them taking with their second pick? I have them taking Caleb Farley. Okay. Where, where you went with him a lot earlier... I believe this is the right position for him. You know, the, the injury portion is going to scare away a lot of teams. You know, you don't want to be investing 
I mean, although he's that talented, I think picking at the 25th spot is probably worth the, the risk. Exactly. The risk yeah. reward over there, and that's why I have Jacksonville taking him. Well, if they can get him at 25, I think that'd be a steal. I have them going with a safety, Trevin Mooring from TCU. Some have him going higher to the Raiders or the Washington football team. I'm not there, but I think at this spot, having a solid safety that drops to them at 25 would be a good pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I go Morin, you go Farley. We both agree defensive back is where the Jacksonville Jags go with that second pick for them. All right, we're at the 26th pick here with the Cleveland Browns. Ernie, who do they take? They just signed Jadavian Clowney. I know they've been looking for an edge rusher. They mm -hmm. signed him this week. Where do you have them going with their 26th pick? Jadavian Clowney has had exactly as many sacks as I have had in the NFL last year. <laughs> so, for that very reason, I have them picking up linebacker Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, he's a very well-rounded uh, backer. He, he can play inside, he can get pressure from the inside. You know, and that's one of those rare things. It's kind of like Devin White. Mm -hmm. uh, he plays that same type of way as Devin White, where they're a middle linebacker that can guard in space, right. but can also put pressure up the middle. So I think that'd be great. I think that's a good pick. I've got Jalen Phillips going here for that same reason. I think Jadavian Clowney is a waste of money for them. I'm not sure what the contract looks like. Mm -hmm. I know it's up to $10 million with incentives. I'm not sure what the guarantee is. But I think Jalen Phillips would slide in perfectly across from Miles Garrett. Uh, and then again, if he stays healthy, and I think for Cleveland, we're probably one of the top five overall rosters in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I think they can take a risk at this point and go ahead and draft somebody that may have some medical questions. But huge upside, Jalen Phillips to the Browns at 26. That would be incredible for, for Cleveland to get Phillips at that. I mean, because you know where the double team's going to go at Garrett. Jalen Phillips will have a field day, in my opinion. And yeah, I think he'd be a great addition uh, yeah. to their team. So 27, again, another Steeler rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Who are they going to take at 27? I have them going defensive line here. I have uh, Chris Rupp, the second, going for that pick out of Duke. I think he's that's something that the Baltimore Ravens a need to solidify on that position. I, they're picking uh, uh, late, and they've been doing that for a long time, but I believe that uh, this is a value pick for them. Well, I think at this point, I think Chris Rump, for me, I think is, is, is much more of a middle second rounder. I, if this was the NBA draft, I draft Duke. If it's the NFL draft, I stay away from Duke. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my personal bias. I do agree that they need to draft an edge rusher. They have to replace Judon. I've heard some talk about wide receivers, but at this point, they've invested in some wide receivers in the past. I think they replaced Judon, and I think they go Xavier Collins, edge rusher from Tulsa. You know, somebody who has had uh, a lot of people are, are high on him. I think he'd fit in nicely with uh, Baltimore at 27. I can see that pick. And for that reason, I believe that they're going to be doing this as a hybrid, in my opinion. Uh, watching the Ravens uh, in their past years, they normally take defensive linemen. And they, they switch him to that uh, middle linebacker position to, to create that block in the middle. So maybe, maybe that might be, an, that's a very interesting pick on top of that. All right, so now we're at 28. We've got five picks left. The New Orleans Saints at number 28. So for me, I have them replacing um, Emmanuel, who left, wide receiver who left for the Buffalo Bills. I have them investing in Elijah Moore wide receiver out of Mississippi. You had him going earlier at 22 to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. 
Originally, I thought maybe they, the Saints would go with a defensive player, but with Elijah Moore there still on the, on the clock for me, I think they take offense and they give another weapon to their quarterback. Mm, okay, that's a very good pick. I believe I, I had him going a lot earlier, obviously. For me, they go in a different way. I believe this is where they have the run on edge. They, I go with Jason Owe out of Penn State. Okay, another another edge rusher. I can see that happening. Um, you know, I think Ujulari could go here for me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you have him going already, but I think he would be somebody that could definitely go there. So I think that's a good pick, and that leads us to Green Bay. For me, Green Bay has to shore up their offensive line. I know there's talk about getting Aaron, you know, Rodgers a weapon, but he seems to be able to throw to really anybody if he's protected. Mm -hmm. They lost Bakhtiari tore his ACL, will probably may or may not be back at the beginning of the year. They lost their center in Corey Lindsley. I would take the best offensive lineman on the board. To me, that's Notre Dame tackle, uh, Liam Eichenberg as an offensive tackle to Green Bay. I invest in the offensive line. Oh, that's a very good pick. I actually, that was somebody that was looking for the Steelers to pick up. Actually, moving up in the second round to pick Eichenberg, that would be a terrific pick. I mean, he is going uh, a little earlier earlier than expected if, you, if, he, if he does fall to that position, but very interesting. I go on a very different, I stay with my run on edge rushers, and I have the Green Bay uh, Packers picking Tulsa edge rusher, Xavier Collins. Okay, so I had him going to the Ravens. You have him going two picks later to the Packers. Um, they have the Smiths already there um, at Green Bay, but another edge rusher would be, you know, there's two ways, right? You got to be able to protect your quarterback, and you got to be able to sack the other team's quarterback. Mm -hmm. So I think they learned from the Tampa Bay model. So investing there, I don't think that's a problem. I think Aaron Rodgers may find that to be problematic, <laughs> but I, I can see the logic in taking Xavier Collins. Oh, All right, Ernie, we've got only three picks left. We've got the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, and Tampa Bay with the 30th pick. For me, I'm going to take the highest available player on the board, Edge. Quitty Pay, you had him going a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. I think he's a steal, dropping to the 30th spot here for the Buffalo Bills. They invest in their edge rush. Quitty Pay from Michigan going to Buffalo. Awesome. Where do you see the Bills going? I have him going defense also, and Buffalo, just with that pick, if Quitty Pay goes there, they just add on to that defense over there. I'm also having them go defense. I believe that, uh, you know, they don't really have any glaring needs on top of that, but I believe that they, uh, if there is uh, anything that they do need, it's, it's, it's on the, the back end of their defense. So I have them picking up Georgia defensive back, Tyson Campbell. Well, they already have Jadarius White. So, you know, investing on the other side, I think that guy has the opportunity to, to develop. So Tyson Campbell is, a, is a, a good pick there, you know, to develop across from Jadavius White. So we both go defense for Buffalo. Kansas City, this is where they could go in many different directions. But I cannot get the Super Bowl out of my mind. <laughs> you and me. They lost their two tackles. Many of the top tackles have already gone. Mm -hmm. I believe Kansas City trades back here. But for the sake of this argument, they're going to stay put. They're going to draft what I believe is the best tackle remaining on the board, which is Jalen Mayfield tackle from the University of Michigan. Bright minds think alike. I have the same pick. I mean, you, after seeing him get pummeled, there's just no way that they cannot shore that up. They have so much talent on offense already. They have talent on defense. I think you can invest, you know, in your linebacker or you reinforce your defensive line in the second round. But you got to protect the franchise. Right. You just gave him $480 million. You have to protect him. Jalen Mayfield's there. And with the last pick in the first round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers choose... 
I've got them taking Christian Barmore. You had him going 13 to the Chargers. I have him sliding to the back end to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he's reinforcement for Veda Vea and for Ndamukong Sue, who I believe stays one more year, and Barmore can take over for Ndamukong Sue in the next couple of years. All right, Ernie, that last pick here in the first round for you, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take? They take Greg Newsom II, cornerback out of Northwestern. Small guy, lanky, but good length. I believe that's something that the Tampa Bay can develop. Well, you know with Tampa Bay, they have the luxury of re-signing or Everybody. bringing back all 22 Everybody. starters. <laughs> so all it is is they can truly draft the best player on the board. And I had uh, Newsom going 10 picks earlier. So the fact that he's still there for them at 32 is great value in my opinion. I think it'd be a steal for them at 32. So that completes the first round. However, as a Ram fan, we never get the opportunity to pick in the first round. <laughs> so for me... With the 57th pick in the draft, I have the Los Angeles Rams selecting Landon Dickerson, center from Alabama. We lost our center to the, to, the, to the Chiefs. I think we've got to reinforce that position. I think they'd be happy with one of three centers that's available, Landon Dickerson, Craig Humphreys, or Quinn, uh, Quinn I can't even pronounce his last name. Mirnears. Mirnears. Yeah, Mirnears. One of those three, I think, will definitely be available at 57. That's who I have the Rams taking. That's the final piece of the puzzle in the Rams Super Bowl run. Yeah, I mean, great great pick. I mean, we differed. Our, our beginnings were pretty close. I mean, you know, just based upon what we heard from the media and whatnot, the latter parts we differed. But, you know, there isn't much that... Uh, you know, I can argue in regards to who, who you pick. Now, the draft is on the 29th, so we still have quite a bit away. I, and I, I believe that, uh, you know... I mean, anything can happen in the next two weeks. I exactly. mean, now, by the time, you know, this is put out there on Monday, we have 10 days to the first round starts on Thursday, the 29th. Lots can happen. Do the Falcons trade out? Do they wait till the last second? Does anybody jump up now? Uh, or is it going to be wait and see? I mean, anything can happen. I'm sure we'll have more NFL draft talk next weekend as well and I think gang you can know that this was a real draft um, we didn't have the 10 minutes between picks we were going quickly and you could see that we were kind of shuffling around things trying to anticipate certain things but we believe that we put a lot of effort into this and we hope you enjoyed it and we're hoping that you'd share your opinions we'd like to know who you pick what is your first round mock draft post that at sports rivals pod on twitter or Sports Rivals Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to see hundreds of mock drafts posted there. We'd like to compare notes with you to see where you have mm -hmm. and where you want to go. Uh, and we'll go from there. So anything, anything else you want to say in regards to the NFL draft? Yeah, I believe, you know, just in my opinion, you know, just the way that the NFL has played out with COVID-19, there was no uh, draft, draft combine. There are players that actually sat out uh, the college football uh, climate, you know, so I believe there's going to be a lot of GMs out there who are going to find that uh, diamond in the rough and they're going to trade up. I believe this is going to be a very, very active, uh, you know, trade day. Very active trade. I mean, it could be. I mean, I've heard some people say that the top half of the draft is strong. Once you get to pass like the third or fourth round, it's a crapshoot. It's anybody's game. So what I think is going to happen is it may it may be very active in terms of picking 
people who you want in the top three. But I think what's going to happen is that you're going to start missing out on some of these smaller school kids mm -hmm. that are not getting a look, that are not going to have a pro day. You're going to have some unsigned, undrafted free agents that are going to excel, I think, this year, just by the sheer nature of them not getting the opportunity to showcase themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance just had their second pro days, mm -hmm. you know, so big schools can put that on. Trey Lance has a little bit of an insight because people are interested in him, but many of these schools cannot afford to have one pro day, let alone two. Mm -hmm. So we may see some diamond in the roughs, which the Rams are going to need because we hardly have any picks. I, I, I agree. I mean, this comes down to who has, in my opinion, who has the best scouting department. The yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a challenge, but that's what makes it fun. I mean, we're all general managers at heart, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's what's the fun of this. Um, we want to believe that we're going to be right. We'll update this next week, gang. This was a blast for us. We had so much fun with you on our first ever NFL mock draft. Again, we encourage you, please participate by posting your picks, even if it's not the whole first round. Who do you have going top five? Who do you have going top 10? Where do you think the quarterbacks are going to go? Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook. Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. We encourage you to participate. We thank you so much for joining us on a weekly basis. We are determined to be the fastest growing sports podcast in the United States. And we can only do that with your help. Until next week, the Sports Rivals are out. For joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.